Hi guys, welcome to episode 11 from Two in the Tackle. This is Grand Final Recap, part 2. We managed to get a hold of Kaz today. Sadly, yesterday's one with Maddie, I didn't really get it. I messed up with the microphone, so it's still available. You can listen to it if you like, but um, yeah, I haven't shared it on any of my socials. But this one, uh, we get the right microphone, so I did the right job this time. Hopefully you guys enjoy. We obviously go over all the big points in the game, <clears throat> what we thought of the Roosters, season them, and what we think they're gonna, what they're gonna do next year. Anyway, hope you guys enjoy. Peace. Big baby. Kaz, mate, how are ya? Hey, how good's uh, post-long weekend week? Oh, bloody brilliant. Bloody brilliant. It's always brilliant be after a back-to-back premiership victory by the chooks, you know what I mean? Mate, I, I, I'd like to ask a few other fans, but I don't know if I know anyone old enough, eh? Nah, no one. No one in New South Wales, anyway. No, mate, look, it's uh, it's a, it's an interesting feeling. I didn't think, I didn't think we'd see it with this... Just leveling out and, and you know, real... The salary cap, hoorah, who yeah, talks, what is the salary cap, cap? The salary cap era. You know, we're, we've witnessed a lot of, um, a really evening out of, of all the clubs. And, you know, despite a, a few clubs really doing a lot better than others, you really did, you didn't think it was going to be possible. Yeah, well, in terms of a lot of clubs, you know, might be doing better than others... Well, what the salary cap's definitely done is given more teams chances. And just because teams might do better than others doesn't mean other teams don't get their opportunities to win premierships. All the droughts that have been broken over the last five to ten years, you know, yeah. is credit to the salary cap. And, and the salary cap is in places. I know a lot of people don't believe it, but it is It is. It is rampant throughout the game. Well, what, what, what the weekend did, did do for us, it did complete the circle for uh, uh, every team outside of the Titans, but every team who's been in, in the NRL since the beginning of the NRL era to qualify for a grand final. Yep. Um, the Raiders are the last team to do that. So that just shows the closeness of the competition. Exactly right. For 15 different teams to appear in the, the, the last game of the year is a credit to what the NRL's done to keep that competition even. And for the Roosters to be in their eighth decider in the NRL era and the first team to go back-to-back is really highlights... You know what they've been able to achieve, and what Robbo's been able to do in the in the short time that he's been there. You know, winnings in the front office, as they start say, it starts in the front office. Anyway, enough about the front office. Let's talk about Sunday night and the game. What did you think of the game, mate? That was intense. Yep. If I could, if I could give one word, it was intense. On the um, edge of your seat. I, I was I was watching the game uh, at a friend of mine's place who was a Canberra Raiders fan. So there was shout a, out. What's his name? Shout out. Yeah, we'll give it. We'll give a little. To Benny, Benny and Rachel for hosting. Um, you know he's a he's a Canberra boy, so you know he's never really uh, been able to see a grand final that he can he can remember anyway. So Get he was he was just buzzing that they 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 qualified through and, and pretty stoked after after many lean years for the Raiders. But mate, it was uh, it was good atmosphere even even there. Um, you yourself, I know you went to the game, mate. What was it like there? Um, well, you know, I was buzzing around the town. The Roosters fans they were quietly confident, um, but you know. Partway through that second half, I think they started to, or we, well, I did, definitely, um, start to get very, very nervous. Very, oh, very man, nervous. I've got, I've got so many new grey hairs. Yeah. Well, at half time, that was the less stressed I was at a half, during a half-time break, even though the Roosters were up by 20 last time. But it was, it was an eerie feeling. 
although the Roosters were still up by two points, it just had this weird sense about it. Weird sense. Yeah. But anyway, um, it was definitely edge of your seats. Uh, one of the things that I remember from a while back, a friend of mine, Jack Maxwell, told me that his brother, Rob Maxwell, who was at the game with him, a massive Roosters fan, he said to Jack, he goes, you, when your team wins a grand final, you know when it happens. It doesn't happen at full time. You already know. And, and there'll be a moment in the game where you know that your team has actually won the game. And in 14, that would have been when uh, Greg Inglis goes over and does the Goanna and, and the entire you know South City fraternity would have known at that point in time that was their grand final. They had won the game. But uh, Rob and I, we actually shared a taxi. So the guy whose quote it was, we shared a taxi. And I asked him, I said, at what point did you know that the Roosters had won the grand final? And he says, the full-time whistle. It was the only time. And, and a lot of grand finals, not many grand finals come down to that last whistle. You know, 15, yeah. the, what's it called? Who was it? The Cowboys in 16? It was uh, the Sharks? Yeah. That was the, the final Sharks whistle storm, kind of you know, The Storm attacking the line, you know, into the dying seconds. But most, most many, grand many finals are wrapped up with a bit of time on the clock. You know what I mean? And that was, it definitely wasn't the other night. Canberra Raiders, very, very good. Um, so good that one of their starring players actually earned the Clive Churchill medalist, which is what we'll start off with. What was your thoughts on that? Um, well, look, I have, I have a long-standing opinion on the Clive Churchill and Man of the Match Awards. I believe that they should go to the winning team. Yep. Like, unless it is a completely 100% unanimous, unless unless you went to every single person and were like, who was the man of the match? And I was like, yeah, it was that person. Doesn't matter. Uh, like, it has to be a complete anomaly, in my in my opinion, for a couple of reasons. One, in my eyes, the man of the match is goes to the player who made the biggest contribution to winning the game. Um, and another reason is also for the player's sake. Now, while it's a, that's a fantastic achievement for Jack White, what a great turnaround for him after, you know, being suspended for off-field dramas last year, potentially, you know, could have got his contract torn up. Uh, he come into this year playing, moved to 5-8, plays Origin, gets under the pump even after that first game, showed that he belonged there and then just went from strength to strength. And like something, for instance, I've always been a little critical of his kicking game. Uh, yeah. was, you know, at the beginning of the game, when he was kicking, I was like, yes, I love it when Jack White kicks because I thought he was a little bit more susceptible to occasionally getting it wrong. But it was on point. Um, but I still feel like, you know, you can see it in the player when they go up and accept it. Like, they've just lost a grand final. And he kind of said, this is kind of like the worst feeling in my life. But it's really surreal because I've also achieved, like, you know, without saying it, he's just been given man of the match in the grand final, which normally should be the most amazing feeling for you. And I just don't think it was as clear cut. Like, I don't get me wrong. I thought he was phenomenal. If Canberra win, he's the man of the match. But the Roosters considered one try in 80 minutes. One try in 80 minutes of football. Again, for three consecutive finals games, for over six finals games over the last two years, six tries in six games. Surely there has to be some credit that goes to one of many players. I mean, there's a bunch of Roosters players which I felt could have been just as deserving. So, yeah. we'll, I don't know. We'll, we'll it touch sort of on some of the players. In- oh, we will touch on some of the players that we, we both thought would deserve winning. But one of the things that I think you said to me, because we actually argued over this after the game about whether or not he should have gotten it. At first, I was okay with Jack White winning it. But the point that actually got me over the line, which I mentioned to Matty last night, 
um, was the fact that the Roosters have played in three of the last seven grand finals and they have one Clive Churchill medalist to go with that. Yeah. Now, they trade off all of those Clive Churchills to get the premierships, of course. But when you look back at this time of this dominance from this team, who was the best team of the decade, and they have one Clive Churchill medalist, like, it doesn't really times. match what four they've actually achieved ever, as a club. Four times has the losing team won it. How many and times? twice against the Chooks in the last seven years, please. How many times? Four times. Four, four times. times the losing Clive team, uh, the losing team has won the Clive Churchill medal. Can you name And them? twice it's happened in the last seven years. Can you name them? Uh, yes, I can. Uh, Daly Cherry Evans, Jack White, and Brad McKay and Bradley McClyde. Bradley Bra- Clyde. Brad, Brad, Brad McKay, I think his name is. Brad McKay, yeah. Was he a dragon? Dragons, yes, 93. Oh, there you go. Another back-to-back premiership there. A but, back-to-back, yeah, yeah. Another back-to-back. But uh, yeah, that, that's sort of what got me over the line in, in our, when we were discussing it was it sort of doesn't really reflect enough on the, the players that played for the Roosters being so dominant over this period. They were the best team of the decade. It showed last week when they beat Melbourne Storm at a game. Um, Melbourne Storm, very, very classy club. And, I, I, you know, a few teams have a soft, few people have a soft spot for the Storm, me being one of them. But, uh, yeah, you're, you're right. The the winners should just get it. So they should just change the way they go about voting. Vote 3-2-1 for, for one team, 3-2-1 for the other team. And then whoever wins it gets it. Who, who gets it for the roost, from the Roosters? Oh, well, no, what I was saying was 3-2-1 for Canberra. They vote 3-2-1 on the Canberra side, 3-2-1 from the Roosters side, and whichever team wins it, that person who won it out of the votes from their own team gets the medal. But anyway, it's a bit strange how well, they look, do it. But I, I mean, it's, I just think, like, there's there's three people that vote. They all do 3-2-1. They've got to full-time. Like, you don't have to... It's not like they have to lodge it before 80 minutes. Um, you, you know the result of the game when the game's over. So I don't understand what they need to do with the gap going into the, like where there was the confusion whether they thought they were going to give to Hargraves, but then it was actually white. So after two people votes, Hargraves is in front, and then after Lockyer put his votes in, white went ahead. So whether he got another three or two, who knows? But um, I just don't. I don't understand why they need to do it by an app. One and then two. Why are you telling someone the result like you've won when you haven't even counted all the votes? Yeah, it's ridiculous. Yeah, anyway. there's a there's a big big stuff. Up. Anyway, so Jared obviously was one of the options. Jared Wadia Hargraves. He was next in line, obviously, probably with the scoring. Apparently, um, but I don't actually think he deserves it from the Roosters. And the reason why I say that is I think Papali'i matched him. And so, in terms of standing out, I think um, as good as a guy, and that doesn't mean he didn't play a great game because he fucking did. But I, I wouldn't have given it to Jared Wadi or Hargraves. Who would you have given it to? I would have given it to Jared Wadi or Hargraves. Yeah, okay. Tell me why. Yeah, I, I, th- I thought I thought he laid the platform for us at the beginning and had that that go forward really going. And obviously, yep. you know, we, you know, the, in the sort of the Roosters sort of had a go in that first 20 to 30 minutes and then Canberra wrestled it back. And I just think he's our leader in the middle. Yep. And um, he sort of went off we got, went off just before halftime, comes on just after. I thought he was a pretty deserving winner. Um, I probably would have given it to Hargraves. I also thought both our wingers were awesome. Yeah, definitely. Like Brett, Morris is, Brett Morris is sensational. Well, and Dan, both him and Daniel Tupo, like the way they just diffuse those high balls and like... The consistency of it. From the, Raiders. the consistency of his diff- diffusions was impeccable. But the thing, who I gave it to, who I would have given it to, 
for it corner. Yeah. So, yeah. And, and the reason why I say that is, is I felt he did a lot more dirty work than Hargroves because the Raiders had us pinned on our line for a long period of time or, or probably with that. I don't know the stats of the territory, but it just felt like we were rucking it out a lot of the times. This day and yeah. age, the, the front rowers, they don't actually do the rucking out as much as they used to back when, you know, no. in the early 2000s. It's a lot about those wingers that come off, you know, do those scoots and do those what tackle twos, tackle threes and all those kinds of things. But the forward who gets back there for the Roosters, who's always there, and Kelso calls him the 10-meter man, Boy Cordner. Because yeah. he gets down oh. there, he just fires up, he takes those tough chip carries that no one likes taking, and he gets in there and he does it, and he gets minimum nine meters. Most of the yeah. time, he's getting over 10 metres, he's getting a quick play of the ball, and he's getting us out of that area. Just the same as Brett Morris was and Tupu was. But when you talk about impact on the game, he's the one who got that quick play of the ball for Q to get out to put our yeah. left edge down, down that, that yeah. left side. So that that's why I'm leading towards ball corner. But if, if they go Jared White or Hargraves, if they go Brett Morris, if they go Tupo, if they went Josh Hodgson, Jared Croker, at the time, I was okay with the Raider getting it. And people asked me, a few Roosters fans, they, they, heard that, and I said maybe a Raider might get it. I thought they were the better team for a large portion of the game. But when I think back about it as well, I actually felt it was only for 40 minutes. So 40 minutes, they were on top. And the other 40, I felt the Roosters were probably on top myself. Yeah. That point when Lailua, uh stuffs up the two-on-one, which I just thought yeah. was silly of him, to be honest. Um, when he stuffed that up, Ben Evans turned to me and said, I think this is us. I think that'll change the momentum. And and from there, I and felt... And that was right, and that was just before Cooper came back on as well. Yes, yes, it was. Yes, it was. And that was their real last real chance of really opening us. They opened us up late, you know, when they, like that last set of six or whatever it was. But all teams do that. They just throw it around and, and you know, sometimes you get lucky. But I well, thought... I think, it's, I think it was something that is a real testament to this rooster side that they were able to do this year was... Be very adaptable in how they how they can win games. So many Whether ways. They're looking classy and blowing teams open, um, getting tough and in the grind. Games that are stop start, games that are free flowing. You know, it didn't really matter. And like just like in that game, you know, you watch where we sort of got the, got the momentum going early, but then Canberra wrestled it back, and then it, it looked like they were getting on top of us for a long time. And they had a lot of possession, and they had a lot of attacking sense. For all that time that they were sort of, I guess, on top of us and, you know, having sort of the attacking momentum and being up our end, they still didn't come away with any points. Yeah. So, you know, it's it's kind of a, it's, it's almost a new way, not to dominate, but to control. Yeah. It's also, know, I don't know never, if it's necessarily new. I don't think it's necessarily new. It's the age old saying, defence wins premierships. Oh, no, not that it's, not that it's a new way, like, winning with defence or winning with that control. It's more just in the sense that they're able to do that while also put we could put 50 points on you. We could score from our inside our own half. Uh, we're going we're gonna to go up the left edge. We're going to go up the right edge. We're going to pop you up through the middle. Yeah. Uh, but you're not getting through our defence either. So, yeah. you know, we're a really classy team. And that's probably, to be honest, the strength across the team is probably what has maybe played a part in one Clive Churchill out of three grand finals that there's... There it's hasn't been separate. an out-and-out standout in, in these games, but they've had a lot of great performances. There definitely was an out-and-out standout for the Roosters. And I don't even think Jack Wyden was an out-and-out standout for, for the Raiders. And no, I know it sounds like I'm bagging him, but that's I That's I don't think he should have got it. But Josh Hodgson was, a, was, was, a, was really good, and it was the best 
uh, it was the first time that I actually got to witness what actually makes them effective in a game. I've always wondered it. And I've said from the beginning of the year that he will make Canberra better. But I didn't know why he made him better. I just knew their results showed that. I knew he was a good player. Always would have picked him, you know, for England and all that stuff. But I didn't know what he did in a game that actually makes him effective. But being there watching, sitting behind, being able to see him from behind, that is that I finally got to see him. He manages to get out. He doesn't have the Damien Cook speed. He's got speed, but he doesn't have that Damien Cook speed. But he, he's able to get to the defenders. He can go to the A defender. If he doesn't like what's happening there, he'll bounce to the B. And then, you know, and then he's still got that selective pass. He's still got that ball playing. And he's very, very he's, clever. That's something that Matty said to us last night. He's very clever. And he is. He's very clever. He anticipates very well. Anticipate. He doesn't need to be have the, the out-and-out blinded speed because he can anticipate what's like Cam happen. Smith, Like Cam Smith. He's an old school type of player, mm. and a lot of those English players are the old school. What about Jack? Jack? Oh, Jack! John Bateman jumping out of dummy half, skipping across, finding Papali'i, who gets hit early. What were your thoughts on that? Yeah, look, it's oh man, it's so close, isn't it? Like it's so so close, but he hits it. Yeah. Look again in the like in the moment, and then afterwards, I was you know I, I still kind of I was of the opinion that. A sin bin felt harsh, but I don't know exactly how where you draw the line of what's a what is a sin bin and what isn't, and what they want to classify a professional foul. I think in the last few years that they, they, obviously we've noticed in the last couple of seasons they've used that a lot more for professional fouls where they were being very criti- uh, critiqued for not using it often enough. Yep. Sometimes I feel like maybe they overused it a little bit. I don't know. Like when you slow everything down, you can pick up everything exactly, but. It, like in the moment when I watched it, I thought it was simultaneous. Like when you watch it, but obviously yeah. as you saw in the slow mo replays, he does hit him that fraction of a second early. Whatever, I don't know. I've well, I was. Well, I don't know what do you think. I, I I wasn't too happy about it. I still don't think it was a, a deliberate penalty and a try scoring opportunity. That's just yeah, my opinion. I don't, I, I think so that's isn't that what wants it? That if it's a penalty, how you, yeah, exactly right. That's a deliberate a deliberate penalty is what classifies it as a professional Pharisee. Deliberate, deliberately given away a penalty in a try scoring opportunity, which I don't think he deliberately did. Yeah, and um, which is very different to what happened to James Tedesco last week against the Storm. Exactly, when Jerome, he blatantly tackles him, not square a marker. Exactly right, and he does. What do we get? We get a penalty. Yeah, and and was it a penalty? Of course it was. Was it deliberate? That's the decision. It's not giving away a penalty in the opportunity. Every every penalty is in the is in the op- uh, opportunity of scoring a try. Every single penalty, except for when you have the ball, because yeah. any team can score a try from anywhere. That's the sport. So this yeah. try scoring opportunity, if a team has the ball. That's a try-scoring opportunity. So any penalty in a try-scoring opportunity is really going to the bin. It wasn't deliberately done. So, in my opinion. And that's how I feel. Yeah, no, look, I, I feel like... Did you like argue it that it was deliberate? To the bin. Pardon? I thought it was a bit of a stretch to send him into the bin because, like, that's 10 minutes, 10 minutes off the field and it's 8 all. There's been one try each like that. It was 6 all. Really it was 6 eight. The game. It was 6 eight. Forget, the penalty. forget a 6 again call like that. The players off the field. Yeah. But and that six again defense, call was called back very quickly. That's what we'll have to talk about next, the six again. Thoughts on that? Yeah, well, look, it was... Well, look, if I was a camera fan, I'd be pretty filthy as well. 
Um, you know, he, he waves the arm for six again. I listened to the audio after. I did not think he would say six again, but naturally the noise is irrelevant because of how loud the stadium would be. He corrects the call and gets it right that it is last. Tries to call last, 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 but obviously White has only seen six again and, and naturally played to that, that first yeah. ruling. So I can understand they're hard done by. However, to say that Canberra robbed because of it is a stretch. Um, the Roosters still had to go 90 metres to score a try. Yeah, they went 90 so, metres, bro. And so everyone forgets, everyone wants to talk about Ben Cummins making a mistake there. But what about the two mistakes from Bilo Lua that cost them the go? Yeah, exactly right. And no one, look, no one talks about those. Canberra player... And you'll hear him say, that did not cost us the game. Didn't cost them the game. It can be frustrating, but I think everyone's sort of calmed down a little bit now. Yeah. Um, including you. Um, and as, as Robbo said when, when JT asked him about it, like, and look, the commentators duel this as well. Yes, they honest, do. That's the only time I'll ever listen to Channel 9 commentary. Once it's a year. Live and exclusive. Or, or once a year, four times a year, State of Origin and Grand Final. Because all they do is whinge about refereeing decisions. And overblow it. They're not the only ones guilty of that. As JT said to Robbo when he asked him, and Robbo straight away was like, well, mate, we could talk about any number of decisions, not just that one. But like, I, I did. I did decisions. There was the first time I've. I, uh, no, it's not. He's probably been flustered a few times. That time when Ben Cummins told Jake to scoot or whatever, he got fired up. But he. He. I don't know what he was thinking, but I got a little bit like. I thought. He didn't really need to get that angry. He could have just yeah, gone, I, oh, well, yeah, uh, it, he did call six again, I suppose, but, you know, it was last tackle, so he got the right call in the end. I don't know. It's I, easy I for me to say. Why. I've thought about it for three days. I, <laughs> I can understand why I did, because straight away, straight away, your team's just done something historic, won back-to-back titles, um, and the first, and then the question is asked about the six again. It's like, well, you're taking away the limelight away from what these players have just done. Something phenomenal, and they just won. And let's be honest, that's one of the best grand finals I've seen in a long time. That was amazing. Yeah, correct. It was a lot more and entertaining than that fifteen grand final. Controversial decisions. Although that did come down to the last play, the fifteen grand final. That was a boring game. It was boring until oh, the last was ten minutes. Seventy-five really. minutes was boring, and then it was exciting at the end. Like I could see uh, the Cowboys were coming back, and you could see them, you know, really, really try and swing it back into their way. But it was very boring. Broncos were playing a very, very lackluster type of game if you ask me yeah well they were kicking the ball out for the last 20 minutes yeah they got what they deserved but anyway but yeah look at I thought it was a really gripping contest so I can understand I know where you, I know where you come from but I can understand for Robert he's just going oh, people straight away he's going to ask about he's like you know what get fucked like if that, <laughs> six again call, if that six again call happens in the 50th minute how is it is any different but because it's the 70th minute and it's towards the end yeah. we're still going to go 90 metres to score Luke Curie, legs get attacked. Yeah. Um, and we all talk about the trainer, mm. not about what it should have been a penalty. Mm. Yeah. I mean, Canberra won the penalty count. They had all the meters. Uh, they had a million offloads. Uh, we had we had to make more tackles. They had more ball. It didn't matter. Yeah. And to be honest, like it, even if it is six again, I don't think they score. Can I know that? Of course, I can't know that. You know, if it's six... I've got, I've got 70 minutes. I've got 70 minutes of information to show me that they crossed the line once. Yeah, but you know, if he knew it was last, who says he wasn't going to kick it dead? Well, I'll tell you what. The, the forward, the forward who passed the ball to Jack White didn't think it was last. And, he and, ran the ball and offloaded it. And neither did Joe Tarpany, who walked up to marker uh, to marker after he got tackled. Yeah. 
Yeah. So there's obviously confusion. I understand that, and that's what the issue is. It was confusion. But as we said, as we've as been spoken about before, what would have been a bigger issue if he calls six again, and then the Raiders score off that, and then we find out that it wasn't six again? Yeah. Yeah, that would have been a bigger issue. But I don't mind them calling live. I really don't. I would have been pissed off if they went to the video ref and got it wrong. But anyway, one last thing I want to finish on. I want to ask you a question. What were you thinking before they named Jake Friend? And then what are you thinking after they named Jake Friend? And then what are you thinking after Jake Friend puts in the fucking performance he puts in? Um, before I thought, I just thought leading into the week, I just thought he was going to play. So I was of the opinion that he's going to play. So when they said he's playing, I'm like, yes, Jake, he's playing. Okay. Because, and I got asked this from a, you know, a, uh, another fellow who was watching the game, who was a, a fair weather Roosters fan. Uh, yeah. You know, those people that tell you that they've got a second team. Yeah. Uh, they're not real fans to me. So Roosters is second team. Yeah. Well, he's a Knights fan, but I guess I can understand it as a Knights fan because they sucked for so long. Um, for three years getting the wooden spoon, but he's like, oh, Roosters are my second team. I've got to have a second team. Um, but he was like, oh, I don't know, I wouldn't play him. I go, please. I go, 100%. He goes, that's hard. that's not fair to Sam Verrills. I go, not fair to Sam Verrills. Jake Fink's our captain. Yeah. That bloke's playing Origin this year if he doesn't get injured. He's played 250 first-grade games. He's won two grand finals. You put you play him. If he's fit and he says he's good enough, you play him and he makes your team better. Yeah. I really like the way it worked. I really like the way Robbo played him. I was a little unsure how it was going to fit and when all those went down injured after 15 yeah. minutes. I was like, oh, shit, could this come back to bite us? Yeah, but you can't predict but it me. on those ones. But that's sort of why you almost take those three forwards, uh, four forwards. Yeah. But how I thought of it was I only wanted one of them to play. I, I didn't want it to affect the rotation. I knew if Robbo was going to play him, he had an idea of what he was able to do. Um, you obviously have to trust in him. But when I heard that he came in for Tedavano. I, I, I thought, well, we, he knows more. Like, it, it's so funny. It's like, we all like to say we, we know what's best, but we actually have no idea. No. We genuinely have no idea. But that's the beauty of this podcast is it allows us to, to feel like we do have an opinion and it's valid. But it ain't. But anyway, it doesn't matter. Um, I just thought, in Robbo, we trust. He knows what he's doing. I just didn't want to really affect what was already working so well. If they only wanted to play one of them. And then when he actually came on, he added that spice. And yeah. he just showed why he's played so many games. Because everyone asked, like, how does he still get picked? And, you know, he's passed it. Or, or what, what does he add to the game? He got out of dummy half, jumped down the right, did that kick, and I started to freak out a little bit. But he got that out of the way. And then, and then he sort of just got into the groove of things after that. And he, he actually played really well. And then when you talk, when you go back to that big impact, you know who makes the biggest impact in the result of the game? Well, you could argue that he did as well. Mm. You could even though he only played for thirty minutes, Jared only played yeah. for forty-five, fifty. Yeah, but uh, he had an impact. He. Oh, I got a question for you. I got a question for you, Wick. It's yep, a two-part shoot question. Shoot him. Part one. Um, how how will Canberra go next year? They've. You know, can they back it up and be a contender again next year? Where do you see them? Well, I That's think their squad, their squad that they have, is primed to go again. I really do. But there's just something about Ricky Stewart that I get this sense that not necessarily people don't like him, 
it's not in a sense that they don't like him. It's this, I just have this feeling that his message becomes boring. Yeah. And it's really hard to, well, it's really hard to back up what you did great one year. And as Robbo's shown us, you can't just go in and try and do the same thing. You have to continue to adapt and be better. Yeah. I'd yeah. like to really like to believe this Cambridge team will be, um, be back in yeah. that contending, contending spot again well, next year. Yeah, and the way that the way that Jack Whiten says, you know, I'd like to be here to do this dance again, it was almost scary to hear yeah. it. It was like oh, he's getting better. He's only yeah, getting better. He's like, you won't, I, I won't, I won't be doing that again. It was like one of those comments, and it's like when you look at a a player of that caliber that gets up in the world like the that kind of stage, and just says, I, I'm coming back here. It, it it actually scared me a little bit, and I was in the crowd. I didn't even play. You know, not even expect, John, the John not even expected. Well. Yeah, those type of players. Yeah. Stood, but stood what, okay, part watched, two. Part two. part two. Yeah. He's been to many grand finals and he made sure he watched the Roosters celebrate to go, I want to remember this fairly because this will drive me all year next year. What is part two of your question? Uh, second question, the Roosters, we've just we've just made history. We've 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 been able to go back to back, something no team's done for twenty six years. Yeah. Well, what what does that mean for next year? Can we can we try and keep that uh, that intensity again to be a contender again next year? Like even me as a fan, I feel drained and exhausted. And you know, <laughs> it's hard to be a fan, Kaz. We've established this. Yeah, <laughs> like part of me, like literally, after like felt amazing of this back to back bang. Well, I'll tell you, I'll tell you, tell what I think, and then I want to hear what you have to say. I feel okay, as though. Sure. Uh, the way that Robbo explained how they just managed to have enough energy to get there this time makes me feel like Hargraves is going to be let loose this offseason. They're going to allow him to let go. He's going to go back to New Zealand. He's going to eat puha and pork bones. He's going to have hangi. He's going to have bread and butter. And he's going to start the season slow. I think we might finish in the top four, but we're just not going to have a consistent uh, a game that you need to make a grand final these days. And yeah, I think teams I like Manly, feel, Canberra, like Parramatta, and, a bit more exciting. And no Cooper Cronk. And no Cooper Cronk. Exactly right. Uh, what do you think? Yeah, that's kind of, it's pretty similar to how I feel. I feel like it's, there's so much would have taken, so much mental and physical energy would have been taken out of this year and the last couple of years and such an injury toll we had throughout the year. So to be able to get through it, I think that game was like a perfect metaphor for the season and the year that, yeah, I feel like there are doubts because there's a lot of champion players and it's where it's very seasoned team. So I just think we could be around that fighting for fighting for a top four spot. And yeah. maybe we can make some magic happen in the finals. Who knows? But I, uh, I, I don't feel super confident into next year. I think the teams, Canberra will be pushing and pressing. I think Manly will be fucking firing next year if they can just stay fit. Yep. Um, and, and, you know, Parramatta, you know, in, improving as well. I think, yeah, there's a, there's a lot of teams. There's a reason why no team's done going back-to-back for so long. And But you never know. I trust in Robbo. So. And, even, and even longer for three in a row. But yeah, we trust in Robbo. He, he might have a game plan and it's up to him how he wants to execute it. Um, we will have to wrap it up there though, Kaz. It has been a cracking season, but... You know, with two in the tackle, it doesn't end. Sports are 365 day a game, day a year game. No and doubt. 
We got cricket coming up. We got the NBA starting shortly. The NFL's just started. The Patriots five and eight to start their season, or however many weeks it is. I don't know. But it never um, ends. And uh, yeah, I'm looking to have a few more guests on over the the summer as well. You know, whether we talk football, whether we talk life, whether we talk um, anything really. Um, you and I, we can yeah, just well, have a yarn. We can talk about shit as we always do. Anyway, we got some exciting MMA UFC fights coming up oh, towards yes. the end of the year as well. You know, unfortunately, Bobby Knuckles wasn't able to get the job done, but credit to Israel Adesanya, style bender. Um, you know, obviously all fights. If you win a fight, you clearly deserved it, um, especially in a knockout. So good on him and. Uh, the trash talk, you know, got us got us Aussies really excited for that game or that fight or whatever it was. But, you know, there's plenty more to come from the UFC, I'm sure. No doubt. Anyway, we're going to have to leave it there. One last time for the 2019 season. Up the chucks! Up the chucky! Back to back, baby!